What's up? It's Nostalgia. My name is Patrick Sheehan. I'm here with my co-host Dave Martinson. We're going to give you your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. But Dave, I wanted to ask, how's your final narrative going? The robots are woke, Pat. Not as woke as the Grammys this year. Oh, God. How how much? That's the anti-woke awards, man. Yeah. Tone-deaf nominations, per use. Just to pull up real quick, the category that probably is the biggest award of the night, the album of the year. I want your quick reaction. Adele, 25, Beyonce, Lemonade, Justin Bieber, Purpose, Drake, Views, and then yeah. Sturgill Simpson, a Sailor's Guide to Earth. Taking the Chris Stapleton spot, I see. Sergio Simpson actually is pretty good. He he brings well, much sure. more rock sound to country singer. These albums, are these really the best albums of the year? Well, yeah, I mean, Adele and Beyonce are probably shoe-ins. No Taylor Swift album, which is always a shoe-in. Right. But Purpose was mediocrely received. That, yeah. that did good on its singles. Mm-hmm. You know, Sorry, What Do You Mean, and Love Yourself. Justin Bieber's best song of the year is a Major Lazer song. Mm, disagree. Cold so, Water, best song no of the year. No way. His best song of the year. No way. But and then views also went on in singles, not on the strength of the overall album. So yeah, it's questionable class because of those two. And Lemonade's gonna win, right? Yeah, probably. Unless for some reason Adele beats Beyonce. I don't know. Beyonce's got a lot of other awards. Maybe she wins all of those and then Adele takes the big one home. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I think Adele's gonna get record of the year for Hello, probably. Oh, uh, interesting. So I, I couldn't see her winning both, just because Lemonade has been at the top of every Usually single... Usually they split that up anyway, right? Yeah. And Lemonade's been at the top of every single 2016 album of the year list so mm. far, so... I still think, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this in upcoming weeks as we start to wind down the year and reflect, as most people do, I still think that some of the albums that weren't mentioned, Chance, Kanye, even Carsey Headrest, but that's my own rock leanings. Do they even get any better. love in the rock categories? No, not even in the alternative. That's funny. Or, or the best new artist, which is very strange. However, he's had, he's, he wouldn't be the new artist because he has had albums in the past. Moving on though, we have a lot to talk about this week. We're going to be recapping, I don't even know, yeah, I don't even know the right right word to describe the season of Westworld. HBO hit phenomenon. Yeah. Westworld. Uh, Reddit TV. Yeah, Reddit TV, there you go. Uh, that, that's a good way to look at it. We'll also be talking about Awaken, my love, Gambino's new album. But first, we're going to start with everybody's favorite segment, Dope or Nope. Dave, Amelia Clark, mm-hmm. Khaleesi, Mother of Dragons, Badass Bitch. She's coming to the Han Solo project. Yeah. They have a stacked cast, man. I don't know how dope this is, man. Oh, you don't feel, you don't like it? I'm not sure, because I saw Terminator Genesis, 3,000 <laughs> 20,000, whatever, however high your airplanes are. And she's not good in it. It's not like she's like, oh, she was good, the rest of the movie sucked. No, she was not a good Sarah Connor. She just wasn't great. And really, apart from Game of Thrones, her only good work is, what, Me Before You, that rom-com that came out. Or, no, not even rom-com, just romantic love movie that came out last year with uh, yeah. the guy who plays Finnick in The Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Uh, they yeah. had good chemistry, apparently, which I, I looked it up today. I, I didn't see it. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to obviously defer to Disney and give it a dope because they went just pick her for the Flash. They don't need the pizzazz of a big casting, so they only picked her because thought she'd be the right one, so cool. It's. I mean, I don't know what her character is mm. yet. And I, was that even announced? I don't no, think it wasn't. So. So, Unannounced role. I, I honestly think this is actually a great casting because when I think about her, I think about her in her Khaleesi garb. I almost think about Princess Leia in her like metal bikini in a way when sure. I think about it. So it's like a... It's a a little bit of a stretch for comparison there, but I could see her totally fitting into the Star Wars world. She'll really help market it, too, obviously. Oh, yeah, and I also think 
if she can she's take... more well known than Glover or Aaron Wright to a mainstream audience, obviously. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good point because I think for us, obviously we've talked about Alden Aaron Wright and we're a little bit more familiar than probably most people are. Gambino, I guess, I've we've been on to for a while and Donald Glover just in general as a performer. and Yeah, but and unless you listen to rap music or you watched Community, which a lot of people didn't watch, right. you don't know who Donald Glover you, is. You've you seen just heard him in The Martian. Jo- you've heard, yeah, exactly. You've heard his jokes told right. to you in 30 Rock or something. Yeah, or in the Muppets movie or some like weird yeah. cameo like that. Yeah, it's, it's strange to think that she's the biggest star out of them, or more, most marketable, I guess, maybe a better way yeah. to say. And most well-known. I think she's a great addition to the cast, so I'll say dope. You say... I'll say dope. Eh. You're, you're I'm, saying I'm like, deferring eh, Disney. Dope. Okay. I just know I have questions because she wasn't good in Genesis. Speaking of movies, though, a bunch of trailers came out that we wanted to touch on. Yeah. Why don't we start with Transformers, The Last Night? Yes. What do you think, dude? Transformers 5? or no? It actually looks a lot... Di- not like I say a lot, but tonally it seems quite different from the last four Transformers movies, which probably is a good thing. I mean, I haven't really watched Transformers in a lot. I mean... I, f- I watched the first one. first one's pretty good. I think I've seen parts of all the other ones. I, c- I wouldn't even know. First one, third one are good. Second one's bad. Fourth one's, which is the most recent one, is really bad. Gotcha. And Mark Wahlberg came on for three? Four. For he's four. He's the worst one. Good. Well, he's also in this one. Mm-hmm. And it, this one looks pretty good. Yeah, they got uh, Josh Duhamel back as uh, whatever his name is. Um, Although, I was thinking about this. Michael Bay can make a hell of a trailer. His movies mm-hmm. are perfect for He's trailers. a great director for what he does in yeah. terms of what he wants. It's not so much a storyteller, but the action he's good. I mean, he's really good at that. So, so I'm going I'm to uh, go with... Uh, Turturro's back as uh, the Sector 7 uh, Lennox is his name, I think. Yeah, and Tony Hopkins with the voiceover. Hopkins collecting those checks. Yeah. We'll he's, get to him later. <laughs> he just keeps getting them checks, man. I say tentatively dope. Same. It's Transformers, though, so it, yeah. it will probably be mediocre. I just want it to be a fun movie to watch it, and this it summer. Will, every Michael Bay movie is fun to watch. Yeah, so we'll, we'll um, hopeful. The Mummy, featuring, well, I was almost going to say Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. Dave, Dave's shaking his head. I say this looks dope, but it's you know, no, it looks dope for a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do we fix the mummy? Well, we call something the mummy and put Tom Cruise in it. You don't need to fix the mummy, though. All right. Well. Brandon Fraser's best work. He actually has been frozen out of Hollywood, so it did wonders for him. Why, why was he frozen out of Hollywood? He Hollywood. Has, I'm not sure. He just hasn't gotten roles in a while because he keeps bombing in movies. <laughs> Maybe it's because he's not a very good actor. He's like Nicolas Cage of his generation. Mm. He used to be good. Nicolas Cage? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right absolutely. Today. Yeah, so it looks like it comes out June 9th, 2017. So one one weird part to this is I was looking up a little bit of background on it. Russell Crowe's character is Dr. Jekyll. Are they going to be pulling in the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story along with this? Who knows? I mean, why not? Transformers is pulling in tons <laughs> of weird stuff. There's Nazi imagery in there. Yeah. You got you already got dinosaur Transformers from the last one. Now right. we're getting like, historical like King Arthur shit. I don't know where the hell it's going, but it's getting weird, and I'm excited. So you want to make the mummy weirder? <laughs> you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts, basically. <laughs> All right, I'm down with that. Speaking of nuts, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Th- that trailer is perfect. Dude, James Gunn is amazing. The director of both Guardians. Mm-hmm. Such a attention to detail and care for the movie in terms of... I mean, he's a great Twitter follower. He tweets a lot about his process and stuff and things he likes. But just been following him since Guardians 1 came out in 2014. Just all the things he's been... Little details he's talking, how he talks about the movie and how he makes it. Just, I'll say it right now. There's no way it's bad. It's, it's going to be great. I said that about Passengers, which comes out later this month, and I'm standing by that. But there's also no way Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is anything but great. I'll say it right now. It's an 8. It's going to be an 8. 
at least. Yeah. Uh, I, Whether it's better than the first one, tough to say. But I think right. it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a great movie, too. I couldn't. I didn't think I was going to be more excited for it. And then when, after watching that trailer, I feel more excited for it. Because it looks like... I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's Hopefully, a, you'll be saying that about Deadpool, too. Like, they get it. They understand why the first one was good. And that's which, what we get, we're feeling from Guardians. Fine, too. Right. I don't feel as optimistic about Deadpool. But, right. Because of the turnover. Yeah, but Guardians pulls in humor with, with the superhero... Like, e- easy bake kit you know it brings in all the good parts you want to mm. see and it brings in humor and it adds the sci-fi part to it which yeah. is and it's also so phenomenal. different from the other ones because it's in space so it has aliens and stuff and yeah also absolutely. a ton of characters you already love totally dope on that that's um, the big main blockbuster karen gillen is in guardians she's nebula she's the blue right. girl gamora's sister and she's also in this movie the circle which has i think the queen of our hearts outside of alicia vikander yeah. Emma Watson, Tom Hanks, and John Boyega. So, this trailer, I don't know. It's weird. It's like weird, weird proof of concept. Explain it briefly. It's yeah, so basically, Tom Hanks like a Steve Jobs-esque guy right. on a stage giving a speech about like interconnected world, and he works at some tech giant that solves problems with everything being connected and answering questions and stuff, and obviously things go wrong. Something along those lines. Weird. Yeah, it looks Stuff like to a... say. I want to see the next trailer. Yeah, it looks like I a... sign off on the talent, so... It looks like a stranger version of... A Black Mirror, kind of. Like, yeah, it's Almost like, an extended episode. Yep, yeah, it's like... It's got Black Mirror in there. It's got definitely Steve Jobs vibes from Hanks' character. Yeah. The way he's pitching it on the stage to all these loving fans. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'll see. I don't know. I mean, pretty much anything Watson and Boyega do, I'm gonna at least consider it. Right. At least consider it. Yeah, so. if you missed out on our... Other Emma Watson discussion regarding Beauty and the Beast live action. Check that out. SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. Stay plugged in. All right. Moving on in Dope or Nope, your boy J. Cole. Cole World. He released a documentary on title mm-hmm. called Eyes with a Z, which I don't know why. He why why is it that name? Because that's how Tupac spelled it, bro. Okay. <laughs> he also is releasing a new album called For Your Eyes Only. Next with Friday. With a Z again. And not F-O-R, but the number four. Again, why? Looks better. Okay. Wow, it's easy. And he and he, he dropped a song called False Prophets. There's two songs in the documentary. He's now since released them both as songs. It's Everybody Dies and False Prophets. And first of all, very notable because J. Cole did exactly what he did with 2014 Forest Hills Drive. He just, out of the blue, announced the album date. No singles. No promotion. He's just out. He released the track list. No features again. A meme that's been beaten into the ground was that J. Cole went double platinum with no features on his last album. But... It's funny, because when I saw, I saw him at the Meadows, uh, you were at what? Pretty Lights? Yes. Yeah. He was like, uh, Queens, you've been really good to me. Uh, this is the last show I'm going to perform in a while. I'm just going to go away for a bit. JK, album coming out in December, is what he almost said. So yeah, new J. Cole album coming out next week. That's huge, because this month is huge. We have Gambino out. The Drake playlist thing comes out. Mm-hmm. Kid Cudi's album is out for next Friday as well. Who cares? But either way, a lot of notable names Sure. hip-hop scene. But J. Cole made some moves because in False Prophets, it's a very, not even thinly veiled, it's obviously shots, critiques at, Kanye. at Mr. Kanye West. I, I think also Drake was in there, too. People thought it was Drake because of the... Is he saying Kanye has ghostwriters? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, well Kanye always, not someone that had ghostwriters, but he didn't always write everything because he was right. producer first. That's kind of been common knowledge. Mm-hmm. But he's not like it faulted for that, I don't think. Interesting. But yeah, that's what he meant. It's, um, it's not Drake. Yeah, he also mentions, you think he said Wale, and I, Lil Yachty is pretty So the, the first verse from False Prophets is Kanye. Second verse is about Wale. Wale is kind of a punchline in hip-hop because everyone kind of, he's easy to, he's easy to make fun of and kind of hate on. 
similar to how Meek Mill kind of gets bullied nowadays, but Wale, the reasoning has always been just that he never really has any big hits. Mm-hmm. But they're friends, And he's right? kind of corny. Yeah, exactly. And I'll get to that. And he basically said that Wale kind of, he's always mad about why everyone's hating on him and why, you know, he can't get these hits and why he can't get recognition. People aren't collaborating with him when he should just feel so blessed that he has all these, still has all these fans. He's doing so well. And him and Wale hung out at an NBA game mm-hmm. on like a Wale Snapchat, so they're still cool. And then Wale, within one day, released an awesome response song called Groundhog Day. I'm not a huge Wale fan. I, I, I've partaken in the punchlines before, but really good response. I really liked it. So props to Wale for handling that really well. But then the other song, Everybody Dies, that's where he takes some shots at a lot of new rappers, specifically Lil Yachty and probably Lil Uzi Vert, among others. Bunch of shots. You can... Best way, you can listen to these songs for free now on YouTube or just go to rapgenius.com and look at the lyrics and you can very clearly tell the kind of shots he's taken with calling people little rappers. Little whatever, <clears throat> just another short bus rapper. Right. Among other shots. So what do you make of that? J. Cole coming back? I mean, J. Cole, sure, good good for him. I'm not... I, I've listened to some of his songs. Some of his songs are really good. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a problem with them either way. Hearing him come at Kanye, kind of what I thought about was you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain and Kanye's definitely reaching that point where he's become a lauded name to a lot of people and mm-hmm. not in a good way and i think especially i mean right now it's hard to to say oh good for j cole coming at kanye when the guy's in a hospital for bad thoughts you know psychiatric reasons that's kind mm-hmm. of a everybody was saying drake shouldn't have come at cuddy when this was yeah. happening and you can't then say oh well it's okay that cole's coming at right kanye i think the difference coming. there is that drake was kind of making fun of Cuddy, you know, like belittling his mental issue without going through his phases, whatever he said, where Cole was basically just calling him out on the bullshit that's been happening for a while before he had this, with his bad stretch. But also, I, th- I think the reason people are so happy about this is that Cole, more than anyone else in hip-hop, is like the most relatable star, just because the, the way he raps about uh, everyone just really likes and really gets attached to, whereas Kanye is the most unrelatable person in hip-hop, especially now. Mm-hmm. He's only grown more unrelatable as the albums have come out. It seems like Cole is probably the best person to lay this on the table. Yeah, And, and again, it's just laying it on the table. He's saying things eloquently in rap that yeah, he's not everyone's saying, already known. I mean, it's shots, but it's almost like, come on, man, what are you doing? Like, it's not so much like, you know, go fuck yourself or right. I hate you. Yeah, Cole's not that kind of guy. He's not. Um, so, and, yeah. and then calling out all like the Yachty's and the Uzi's of the world, I think that's awesome. He's being like, I step the game up, I got high standards, you should too. Yeah, so I, I actually don't have any problem with that. I think it's pretty dope, actually, that he did come at Kanye. Hopefully Kanye has a good response. We'll see. Quick question for you. What is the greatest diss track of all time? There's an answer to this, too. My pick is probably not the most popular pick. My pick is Ether by Nas, okay. which is to diss at Jay-Z, where he calls Jay-Z out for riding Biggie's fame post-Biggie's death. Mm-hmm and that he wouldn't have been king in New York if Biggie didn't die. I think that's amazing. Most people will say, oh, were you listening to Jay-Z's takeover, his response? He's like, oh, they destroyed Nas. I'm like, eh, that's up for debate. Isn't that's it... my pick. Who Shot You by Biggie's amazing. That's at Tupac. Tupac comes back with Hit Him Up. Yeah. Those are I was going to say one those of those. Are, those two are, are the two, those two feuds are the most classic ones of the 90s. More recently, there's other stuff. Back to Back with Drake. So, it's a Grammy-nominated diss track. That's amazing. Right. Up until... Probably yesterday. I thought it was either Hit Him Up. I actually, I did think it was Hit Him Up. The best diss track of all time, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Really? Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> he, he eviscerates the Grinch in it. He, did you call him that yourself? No, it's actually from Barstool. Shout out Coley uh, Mick, but... I can't give him a laugh, sorry. Take it back. 
it honestly when, when i was when i was going through the lyrics and seeing them break it down they were like he's going at your soul son like he's going at your soul so anyway shout out barstool i i enjoy them dave cannot give them laughs because he's not a Barstool fan, but he is a fan of Childish Gambino. I am. And Childish Gambino released a new album called Awaken My Love. It's, uh, different. We knew it was going to be different. Yes, from the, the pre- singles. The singles we talked about before, Me and Your Mama, the first song on the track. And Redbone. On the track list. And Redbone, which is my favorite song on the album. I listened to the whole thing a few times. It's straight funk. Funkadelic. Funkadelic. George Clinton. Yeah. Obviously, some Parliament vibes there. Also very soulful. Some R&B. Mm-hmm. Not hip-hop, not like anything he's ever done before. Mm-mm. But, I mean, I think, it's not to say it's predictable, you know, just the total left field this genre, this album is. But one of the best songs he's released on his last few projects, because the internet, the most popular song is 3005. That's a love song, last thing on that, right? Sure. I think the best song is Telegraph Ave, mm-hmm. which is, you it's know, the song o- Oakland. Mm-hmm. That song's amazing, that's another singing song. And then the Kawaii P. Yeah, Sober is great. The best song on there. Fantastic. Again, an EP about basically love songs. So he's kind of been going this way, and is he a better singer than a rapper? I think it's certainly close. Yeah, his raps never really were very deep. His raps were punchline punchline heavy, heavy, and in the beginning he was way too corny with it, and he got way better at it. So I think as the auteur that he clearly is, we've talked all about him in terms of Atlanta recently, Mm -hmm. and his casting as Lando, I think this is an awesome direction for him. I like the album. I think it flows really good, and it sounds really good. I don't know if I like it more than because the internet's tough to say. I don't know how often I'll revisit it, but I, I think it's cool. Yeah, it was interesting. So upon my first listen, I was really kind of put off by it. And then mm-hmm. I, I took a second to think about why that was. And I mean, I love Gambino's camp album. I know it's corny at parts. and Interesting. Pitchfork gave it 1.6. I, I, I really think there's a lot of songs. It, it might just be nostalgic for me because that was mm. like a, an album I listened to a lot in college. Firefly is good. Our friend Sean McKenna, huge camp fan. So that also influenced me because Sean and I would hang out and listen to that a lot. Mm. So I took a step back and I was like, why do I not like this? And I think it is because I like Gambino as a rapper. I think mm. I think because the internet was a good album. Mm. He has some really good songs off that. Yeah. And this was totally different. Yeah, so that, so then the the line that came to my mind is you can't judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. And Gambino <laughs> on this, he's not trying to be a rapper, so I can't judge no, him as that kind of artist. I need to take it for what it's it really is. not even worth comparing to anything they've ever done before. No, it's in a different solar system. Right. So in taking that, I think sonically, this is a beautiful album. It's it's produced almost perfectly. There's only a, like a few instances where I wish they had put something. You don't agree with that? Oh no no! I I think there's one or two moments where he's like too strong over the beat. Yes. The general production is really smooth and flows well. Yeah, there, there's a couple moments where I'm kind of like I don't know if 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 it's missing something or it needs something or needs to cut it down a little bit. But otherwise, I think the way that they put the instruments running together, he uses his voice as an instrument, it works well. Mm-hmm. The highs of this album aren't as high as the moments on because the internet and the lows are pretty low so like i think about like the song riot and i don't even know why that song was in there you, you mm-hmm. could have taken that out and the album would have been fine california also i don't know if i got it i think california is like intentionally gyrating mm-hmm. and annoying to listen to you think he intentionally makes it like that i, I don't know why else he would um, <laughs> I don't know how else you make that shit. But, like, <laughs> there's a, a lot of good moments on this where there's little bits of auto-tune to his voice that fit yeah. really well. I, mean, I feel like Zombies, I think, is a really strong yeah. strong cut in terms of people like, you know, like Culture Jack and, like, taking mm-hmm. advantage of you, and then Boogeyman, which is, you know, yep. really racially motivated. Sure. So I think there's some really good stuff on here. And it kind of speaks to 
his evolution as an artist, I'd say, because because the internet was still very much the rest of his... Here's the thing with Gambino as hip-hop. His old stuff, all his throwaway mixtapes, and then Camp, which he actually became something with, he was kind of whiny, or at best just self-centered, really uh, oh, yeah. referential to himself. And then because the internet, it was kind of like Rich Boy Blues. It's basically your critique of Drake. Sure. It's exactly what he was talking about. But now, this is definitely his most mature project. But whether you want to like listen to it more than the old stuff is a different story. It's interesting. Pitchfork's review basically centered around the fact that they don't know if Gambino is a good artist, but watching him try new things and and develop so at least he's his songs are talking about something finally, something real, yeah. is really enjoyable. And I would agree with that. I think he's definitely moving to a more meaningful style of telling a story through song. Mm-hmm. Like I think about uh, Terrified. I think especially is one that stands out to me, but. Stand Tall also, like that as a closing song, and the way that he goes from singing into like the acoustic guitar uh, at the end is pretty much perfect. Yeah. Zombies also another song that I, I really liked, yeah, the, uh, I tell that, that song. There's a lot here to like. I, I don't know, is he going to, do you think he'll continue to try to incorporate this genre, but he's obviously going to move to a different different direction with this. He's not going to make another Funkadelic record. What, yeah. what do you see him doing next? I mean... Yeah, that's one thing. I think I mentioned this to you before, and... Previously, when we knew the album date was coming out, we were talking about the singles, I was saying that I think maybe this will be his last musical project because he had recorded this a while, and then he'll transition into TV and movies because, you know, Atlanta and Han Solo. But now I've kind of amended that thought. I think he's going to be more of like a Justin Timberlake, Hmm. where maybe he leaves music behind for four or five years at a time and then comes back and 2020 experience happens. Now, whether the 2020 experience in Gambino's instance is more funky, he goes back to hip-hop, who knows? It, I think it really depends what he wants to do, because he said many times before that he just likes doing different things. Right. I think I, I could say this about a lot of people, but I would really love to see him make a project with Jamie XX. I feel like they sure. would be a really interesting mix. Jamie XX could definitely get the best out of him. I mean, him and Chance teased a collaborative EP like three years ago. That would be awesome. awesome. That, that's never happened, and just like the collaborative album with J. Cole and Kendrick isn't happening, but one can dream. Or Kanye and Drake. That oh yeah, that's right. Happen. That's one of the newest ones. <laughs> yeah. No, so I think I think we both are. Uh, we would say check out "Awaken My Love." It's an album definitely worth listening to. It's thought provoking. Like forty, no, fifty minutes, fifty minutes. Yeah, long. around there. Be yeah. open to it. Something I am not open to though, and I am so glad this shit is over. Wow. Westworld, man. I mean, I had a different take when I slept on it. Interesting. Well, I'm more invested now than I was. Interesting. I, I'm looking forward to hearing about that, but why don't we start by just kind of recapping? Yeah, so spoilers for all of Season 1 of Westworld. The finale just happened, so that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So bookmark this if you're still catching up, and then come back, because why would you want to miss this? Yeah. It's gold. You know what? com slash Nostalgia Pot. <laughs> iTunes for everywhere. Pure fake gold, because that, that's what this, this show really was. Eh. So Westworld ended. Mm-hmm. The penultimate episode, you find out Bernard is... Arnold. Yeah, he's Arnold. And he'll come back for you later, girly man. Literally in the next episode. <laughs> and he uh Ford makes him kill himself. Mm. Which uh, I I guess that technically that that's murder, right? But it's a robot, so is it murder? Hey, murder. Who knows? Suicide. Anyway, suicide. But it's forced suicide. Right, it's like drugging someone. Is that manslaughter? Yeah, I don't know. I, we're, we're not if, you, le- if you have legal advice, you can let us know what you think on the matter at Nostalgia Podcast. Ryan Murphy, if you're listening, tweet at us. Yeah. What what would he, he be charged with? Moving on, <laughs> in this final episode, yeah, you sorry. find out that the two timelines are actually a thing. Yep, obviously. We already found out that Bernard is Arnold. 
Which and before that, we found out Bernard was a host. Right. You find out that Dolores is Wyatt, which was a theory that was popular. Wyatt, yes. I mean... I thought that was pretty obvious. Reddit figured this the whole fuck, fucking show Who the fuck else would Wyatt have been? It had to be someone we knew. And who else would it have been? Maybe Maeve. Like some other I wish it was Teddy. I wish... Sure, okay, Teddy, yeah. Sure, Teddy like could have been an option, too. And then, of course, we found out that William, Jimmy Simpson, was, in fact... The Ed Man Harris, in Black. The Man right. in Black. Well, that, that, that's the two timelines. Yeah, exactly. Like, no shit, right? right. <laughs> um, Although, it's funny that... Uh, apparently on the set, Jimmy Simpson yeah. figured it out, but Ed Harris didn't figure it out. You know what that means? Ed Harris is just collecting those checks. He's hey, just... he's good at collecting those checks. <laughs> I mean, I love watching Ed Harris pretty much do anything. Yeah. He's awesome in The Rock. Great movie. It's also on Netflix. Go check that movie My out. favorite role of him is Enemy at the Gates. Oh, he's, he's great in that. The, the sniper movie with Jude mm-hmm. Law, based on true story, he's a terrifying villain in that. Yeah, he's a beast. So, I mean, basically Reddit figured this whole show out right. about episode four. <laughs> Yeah, so the problems with Westworld, which are definitely problems in your eyes, and my eyes too, is that because the show was so fundamentally dependent on the theorizing and the mystery of the show, once that was inevitably figured out in the 2016 TV-watching phenomenal community that we have now with Reddits and recaps and podcasts dedicated to one show, once we found all that out, there was not a lot for the show to fall back upon because... The characters were what they were for the sake of the show kind of developing its world and going through all this this mystery. Right. Now, the reason I'm optimistic about season two is because of where we're left off with season one. I just think that the world building, the exposition that happened in Westworld season one, a lot of this exposition had to happen either in a flashback or in a straight-up conversation from Bernard or, or usually from Ford because there's really no else that give us this information. And I th- hopefully we're free of that crutch. And in season two, the show can actually move forward to Far East World with the Samurais. <laughs> pipe, pipe, pipe. Far East World. Who are you excited to watch next season? I don't really know. Exactly, because you actually... don't care about any of the fucking characters Right, in this but show. now the show's getting bigger, and I'm hyped. Because so, I think it's cool. We need to know more about think this Think about world. what you're saying. Delos. You, we watched ten hours yeah. of a... T- no, actually, we did. no, ten and a half Ford's hours. dead. We Arnold's watched, dead. Wait, wait, wait. Bernard's back. We watched ten and a half hours of a TV show mm-hmm. about robots, and we weren't even sure how. And who I don't was a robot care about the characters, and I still care. That's that, that's that's important. But that, that's not. That, see, here's the thing: you're you're caring about world building. Yeah, because the show's cool. If the show wasn't cool, the show would be. A one out of ten. So what are they going to do every season? They're going to be like, oh, well, guess what the next narrative is. Well, guess what? The, no, that's no, the thing. It, you're holding season two to the same standard you're holding I am. season one we watched. I think it's going to be different because the world building has happened. Because the show has fundamentally changed because of the where the hosts are now from where they started. I think I think season two has a great opportunity to be vastly different. And people have thrown out the leftovers, season one, the two leap. I didn't watch leftovers, but I didn't know it obviously went from being mediocre and consistent, which is a lot like Westworld Season 1, to a show people really love in Season 2. So I've seen this great potential for Westworld Season 2 to not have to fall back and suffer from a lot of the problems in Westworld Season 1, and I know there are many. So that, that's why I'm hopeful, because I think it has a good chance to be quite different, and they haven't made it yet, so they understand these issues, and now they, have a, they know they're getting a new season, they can really develop what they want to do. Here's the thing. The world is basically becoming... Robots are taking over. The robots will kill you. They'll fight back. Yeah. They're dangerous now. How are, how are humans ever going to beat them? Human, the robots are indestructible. 
basically. I mean, you, you can, I guess you could burn them, mm-hmm. like, destroy them in that way. I guess even, like, stabbing them and potentially making them bleed out, I guess. I don't really understand the way that the world works still after That's a true. whole yep. season There's in Westworld. I mean, how how the fuck was these four, ro- or these three robots with, what was his name, uh, Felix or Sylvester or whatever fuck his name Felix. was? Felix. Yeah. Felix is the worst. Felix is the most robotic <laughs> of anyone on the show. And he's I, human. It's ridiculous. But, <laughs> like, how were they able to escape? And they never, like, the other people never were able to hit them with bullets. Well, yeah. never really even shot at them, really. Sure. And I mean, to, how the hell do the stormtroopers bullets... also have bad aim too? I, I'm not going to use that as a as a complaint. And also, how but do the you want to call out the, the security system and the the magic powers of the tablet? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with the, you on that. Even how do the bullets work within the West World? Yep. Like I mean, they, they they tear through a train, but they can't pierce human skin. And, and also, the flashbacks made that even more confusing because you weren't sure what kind of bullets you were. Right. I, I feel like maybe I'd grasp that a tad more if I rewatched it, but. Yeah, you're right. That, so that, that, they, that's definitely. They didn't uh, even perfect the world building in no. this season. How are you? How can you be excited about an imperfect world building this season and then move yeah. into a totally another world while also being in this world? I mean, we don't even know who's coming back because the way that the season ended is what? it's a shootout, it's a red yeah. wedding basically. It was made. It was, and also that this, this factors into how it was made. The production of the show is they didn't know if they were gonna get a season two because they didn't even know if they were gonna finish making the show when they made it. It was already so expensive. Right. So they kind of had to at least attempt to close it off, which they kind of did. You know, the mm. the massacre at the gal, whatever we expect to happen. It's vague, but if you wanted to, you could kind of close it off before it's dead. Dolores is, you know, kicking ass. Is he dead? Sure. Uh, Who knows? I've, exactly. I've heard theories where he, I, that he actually made a host of himself that Dolores killed and Ford is still behind this. As much as that's fun to believe in, knowing too much about how, how people make shows, how Anthony Hopkins one wouldn't be coming back. You can't rule yeah, it out. Yeah, maybe they'll pay him. Who you knows? You can't rule it out. I want them to give Tessa Thompson more to do. Because, again, she probably dies in that shoot, shootout. You need a she'll sign. either die if they don't want to bring her back, because she's a real hot commodity in Hollywood right now, or if they get her back, they'll have her survive. Again, you can't, you the can't show is very me. much the product of its the circumstance when making it. You can't bring Jimmy Simpson back. The flashbacks don't really serve a purpose anymore. Yeah. That's why season two, I think, has potential, because we don't need those flashbacks to learn things. We already learned, you know, we learned everything, but we learned a lot. The show is very different now from where it was at the start of the season. Now, Ed Harris, I don't know how important he would be, because we, we know that he's the head of Delos who owns the park. Or right. Parks, we now know there's more than one park. Will he be around? Again, if they want him to be, they don't have to be. I think... I mean, he you, had the you, Rogue... He was a Rogue Nation, or... Um... The go- he had Ghost Nation basically coming at him. There, he shot like part mm-hmm. of his arm off. So and I, I, and assume, I assume he's gonna die. And they already kidnapped Hemsworth. If again, right. maybe he'll be back. Who knows? I think you said this before in the beginning of our discussions at the, about the season, and it is definitely important now. Now we have the opportunity for a new character that we can get invested in. The Luke Skywalker of the story, the hero in the hero's journey. We need that for this person in the present. Someone that's important, someone that actually effect, uh, will be affected and can control the stakes, or you know, be influenced by them. And I think we actually have a chance for that now because we're not just learning about the flashback. Assumingly, Bernard will be around still, but he's not that guy. He's a robot. He's not that guy. Yeah. You exactly. can't really care about him. Like he's a robot. So there's opportunity for them to cast somebody big to be the quote lead. So I'm just optimistic because I think the show has the opportunity to be quite different in season two, and things like the Samurais are interesting. And the fact that the robots are fucking crazy, we have no idea fucking how strong they are and what the fuck they do. <laughs> Who knows? I just think there's good potential. But yeah, coming into this, I was I was more <laughs> with you, where I just like I, I didn't care. I was not invested. Jason Concepcion definitely 
swayed you on this. No, I know he did. No, he didn't sway me. I mean, when I, we, he makes when, some good points. I I, I agree yeah. with some of your points. There's when, an opportunity for growth. Yeah. Sure. When when we talked about the show before it came on, and I was like, I'm in. Basically said because it's a western, it's a genre show. It's cool, right? So I still fall back on that because I see the potential and I see the genre. It's gonna be a samurai show now, maybe, and that's crazy. I, th- I think they'll probably leave the West behind because here's the thing: they're not gonna half-ass the West because that's too fucking expensive. They're gonna probably commit to just Delos stuff, world stuff, <laughs> and then Far East world or whatever. The that was actually is. really funny on the Watch Pod when Andrew Greenwald was like, you know, that the, like HBO was like, why can't you just do like a minor set or something like that? Like do like the cheapest like yeah. possible set you could possibly think. I, I agree. There, there's potential for growth. I don't know. I don't think the show won me over throughout the season. I think it was too confusing at points. It's weird because like this season was very much it had its job and it was like here we have to throw you through the ringer and the methodology how they did it with the way they told the mystery and the way Ford acted as a character you can critique all of that but it's just re- it's really weird because the way it, we'll find out obviously in like two years but like I have a, I think season two is going to be so much different and you look at season one as being like they needed season one for all its sloppiness to do what it did to get us to season two that's what I want to believe and I think there's it just potential. felt like too much investment for too little payoff I mean, it was ten hours. True. You, I think you could have. Convinced I didn't feel a true payoff like in the finale. Yeah, and it might have been because we figured it out. I mean, yeah, it, exactly. Th- this might have been a show that I would have liked more if Reddit and all these different ways of figuring this yeah. out. Imagine if exist. you didn't didn't use the internet when you watched this. What would you have figured out? I pr- actually, to you, to be honest, I probably would have had to have watched three or four times to totally understand what happened because there's so many different plots. There's you'd have to figure out the two timelines. You have to figure out the fact well, that... Well, the two timelines is told at the end. He, cl- right. he says his name's William. You need to figure out, basically... They the, tell you everything. It's just how soon you pick it up on. And, and that, was, up on that was the other way. They're, like like the, the death of Bernard when, he, when the suicide. Maybe that's a really huge moment as a viewer if you didn't see it coming. Right. But how will we know? We saw it. We, we unfortunately saw we it coming. We knew it was coming forever. Maybe I, the lesson here is I should not read up about these shows as much as I do. <laughs> I mean, but th- th- that was what made this season fun, though. Like, exactly. for me, it was more fun to like talk about it the other six days of the week than to watch it on Sunday or right. Monday morning for me. And maybe we'll look back and say that season one, for all its sloppiness and, and issues, was a huge Reddit phenomenon and was definitely important. And it got us to season two, which hopefully will just be great prestige TV. And assumingly, hopefully, will not need to be a Reddit show because it won't be as mysterious. I'm not saying it's going to be straightforward, but if we have a you know a Luke Skywalker straightforward lead, it'll be quite different. Well, I'm optimistic, but we won't find out till early 2018, probably later. On to the good Pope, or the young Pope, sorry. Yes, hype. Jude, <laughs> Jude Law. Jude Law, all day. Jude Law, sex Pope. <laughs> Anyways, you can find Dave Martinson at Martin Swagger. You can find myself at Sheen World Peace. Tweet the pod with any thoughts on anything we talked about. Tell us what you thought of the Westworld finale or Awaken My Love mm-hmm. at NostalgiaPod. Follow the pod, www.soundcloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. Next week, well, maybe Did you we'll... say www. Yeah. It, I'm going back to the 90s here. <laughs> SoundCloud.com slash Find us on the pod. World Wide Web. Yeah. Next iTunes week... review would be extra cool and really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And next week, uh, we'll probably talk about maybe some movies. Maybe, maybe we'll go see a movie. Star Wars comes out the end of next week. Yeah, so I guess we have to preview that. Wow. Oh, wow. Next week is so close to Christmas already. Turns out I can't see with you guys, too. Oh, really? I'm away. Oh, thanks, man. Sucks. Glad I'm glad. By my, I see you by myself. In, in, in a foreign city. Go with a work friend. 
I don't have work friends in, in the other work office. It's just you going? You're not going with anybody? No, it's just me. Oh, wow. Dave on a solo mission. Yeah. Lone wolf. Infiltrating here. Boston to reverse this for sale trade. <laughs> Mission. Great trade for the Red Sox. Anyways, we'll be previewing Rogue One. Maybe Dave and I will go see a movie together to make up for not seeing Rogue One. Maybe we'll go. We gotta, see we gotta start seeing Oscar movies. Yeah, definitely. And if not, we'll maybe we'll start to do some end of year lists. Oh yeah, which, Hamilton mixtapes. Uh, let me know what you think. Yeah, chance. I hear that that he kills it. Stupid reprise. <laughs> Anyways, we'll catch you guys next week. Be safe. All my days, I pray.